0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to In the Doll World, a show spotlighting the passion and the people of the doll community. With your host, me, Georgette Taylor, former vice president and co founder of Big Beautiful Dolls, and Tammy Fisher, owner of Curiosity Dolls and Collectibles. Join us as we talk to and feature fascinating new dolls and doll artists, from avid collectors to repainters, redesigners, bloggers, authors, filmmakers, and all the people in between as they share their journeys, give us glimpses into their processes and what propels their passion and drive that help to keep the doll world moving and shaking. Here are your hosts, Georgette and Tammy.
1: Hello everyone, this is Tammy Fisher within the doll world and I'm here today with my wonderful co-host, Ms. Georgette Taylor. Hey everybody. Hello, Ms. Georgette Taylor. Hello, Ms. Terry. Hello. And today, we're excited to introduce you to our friend, Tamara
2: Casey. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad to be here with Miss Georgette Taylor and Tammy. Thank you, guys. Hello, dear. Well, <laughs>
1: here. Tamara Casey, most of you will probably know the way that I know her has been the history with the design by Jude. For years, I've been seeing her beautiful patterns on ebay and wondering who is this person who's making these incredible doll clothing patterns and here today we have our beautiful friend and her beautiful patterns tell us about her doll history
0: yeah we're Hello. excited about
1: that yeah i'm excited
2: too thank you for having me this is really exciting <laughs> i'm gonna ask
1: you the question we ask everyone tell us where your doll journey began and how it ended up with you being here with us today
2: Okay. Well, I guess this is the crescendo of my whole career because I've ended up on the up and coming viral podcast of In the Doll World. I'm I'm super, (laughs) it's going to be viral. We've already decided. So that's excellent. Um, This is really, really a nice opportunity to be here. So thank you both so much. Uh, My doll journey began uh, maybe about 17 years ago and it was just a random occurrence. Really, it really actually was. So um, I haven't collected dolls since I was a child, and that was just a short-lived experience. Like many people that knew Barbie or those type of dolls, um, I was a tomboy, as I believe one of the two of you had also said in the past, maybe. So I wasn't really that interested in dolls. My family... Uh, is full of creative women who had a lot of experience in porcelain and they owned shops at different times and poured their own molds and did things like that. My mom is a really good sewer and a really accomplished uh, quilter. Uh, I was never interested in learning any of that as a child. Um, <laughs> I just, I guess I, you know, as a kid, you, you don't always realize what your parents are doing is a really interesting and something that you could lean into. So mm-hmm. I went off to college and never thought about it again. I graduated and uh, spent a lot of time in the service industry, but later ended up buying a, or renting a space where I was a gift uh, boutique owner that had vendors. So this was my uh, entree back into the doll world. So one of my vendors that rented a space um, was selling um, a variety of collectible Barbies. And it was this crazy location where, you know, you literally had to go to the craft store across the street to even know that my shop existed. (laughs) And that was actually why people went there, which was great at the time. Um, But the woman was selling these Barbies for $40 a piece. And it was, you know, Wizard of Oz, has always been a collection people saw it at at different times, irregardless of the edition of our collection. So I thought, oh, I'm just learning about eBay. I bought one of her dolls. And within three days, I turned her $40 that I paid her into $175. So I was like, oh, my gosh, eBay is this good thing. And I, it was really, really exciting. I mean, it was kind of at the beginning of technology, for my understanding, it was never something that I was trying to Get involved with. But hey, profit, you know, you're in business (laughs) to make a profit. So this seemed really good. From there, uh, some of the retail stores were going out of business in our area. Uh, Toys R Us was one of them, as well as uh, the Kmarts. So then I sort of started investigating what are people looking for in the Barbie doll uh, collection? And the collector Barbies were up to 90% off at one time. So my husband, who's Awesome supporter of this crazy merchant of Venice, which she likes to call me, uh, (laughs) would drive with me to different locations and we would just see what was available for purchase and then I would just buy as many things as I possibly could. Now, that might be a little bit of my retail mania (laughs) because I don't really (laughs) like to shop, but I do like to shop for things that I resell. So that was a lot of fun. From there, uh, I started reading Barbie Bazaar magazine and just really honing in on what people wanted, what the hot items were. And then I discovered one-of-a-kind dolls, which... Uh, At the time, not to be disrespectful to anyone who just saw that at the same time as me, but I thought, wow, people are gluing silk flowers on dolls. And that became art. I have a glue gun. I can make art. And so (laughs) (laughs) I would spend countless hours transforming thrift store Barbies into one of a kind creations. And it was actually super fun. I mean, having two boys and no girls, this is my chance, right? To play with dolls again. And I enjoyed it. My My relatives thought I was insane. They thought, what is she spending all her time doing? But I would, you know, create something and then I would sell it on eBay. And sometimes it would be a big success. Uh, air quotes, right? <laughs> Meaning like, wow, I I got my time out of it, you know. And other times it would be crazy. People, the right person sees it and they like it and they buy it. So that started a quick genre into repainting and recreating. It was a series of countless fairies. I don't even know how many fairies I made and mermaids and and then it just got more and more advanced. You know, then you wanted to know how to repaint the face and. At the time, there were a lot of smart people coming up with paper pamphlets of how to repaint. And believe me, I bought them all. So that's the beginning. That's
0: awesome. I didn't know you did repainting too.
2: Yes. Yeah, I I didn't until I read her bio. Mm
1: -hmm. Because again, I knew you as Designs by Jude. And so I read this bio and it's like, oh my goodness, you were around a long time doing all these fun things. And I didn't, you know, I just... admiring designs by Jude.
2: (laughs) Thank you. you. Yes, I really, I really enjoyed repainting. I thought it was really fun. It actually is an interesting process. Like, A lot of your guests have said they taught themselves to do this. They taught themselves to do that. And it was exactly the same thing. Like who knew that the pupils of the eye should actually be facing in the same direction? I mean, (laughs) you just don't until you start painting, you don't realize what makes someone's product or, you know, what they produce better than someone else's. But it's really those attention to details and learning Mm -hmm. the aesthetics of the face and things like that. Now, Mm -hmm. the reason that I don't really repaint anymore is I was never Great at it. I mean, I was okay at it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was in the top 100. I don't know if that's even a good thing, but (laughs) there were people that were amazing, like Noel Cruz and these people, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the lady that you interviewed, um, Lori. Lori. Yes fantastic. And Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I mean, I didn't need to compete with people like that. That wasn't necessarily my first skill, but I loved it. And that led me into doing a lot of competition dolls at the Tonner conventions and things like that. And that was probably some of the most fun I've ever had just because it was a divergence from making patterns, right? It's really like, think about what you're going to make and then come up with how you're going to make it. And then tell your husband about it, who rolls his eyes because he thinks, (laughs) There is no way popsicle sticks on a skirt is going to be a good idea. And then he sees the final product. And then it becomes like this thing where he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that turned out like he thought. But that's the I mean, I guess it's the vision and the and the execution. So that was some of my best fun times, you know, to to interact with people. So, that is
0: so cool. Yeah, I really that is, that is pretty neat. So because because I know you were saying that your mom sewed uh, earlier, uh, do you think that that's why you started doing more of the sewing and pattern making?
2: I think the real reason was once I was aware of eBay, you know, at the time when it first started, it was a lot of garage sale stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Go to the thrift store, find something, add a print and sell it and make a profit. So I I just like that idea of finding the treasure. So that was a lot of fun. But then After that, when I really started looking at what dolls were popular and what people were looking for, what would the supply and demand aspect of it, that to me got me thinking about those Tonner collectors. So then I was aware of Robert Tonner and then he was putting out new products. So my first pattern that I did was in 2005 for Marley Wentworth. The motivation was not because... I wanted to make a pattern. I didn't even know how to make a pattern. To be honest, I wrote it on a piece of paper, which is actually, I guess, the way you make a pattern in essence, (laughs) right? (laughs) But it was because the collectors and the people on eBay were saying things like, there are no clothes for my doll, right? She came out in this cute outfit or these basics with pajamas, but I want her to be in a dress. And so it just clicked in my mind that there was a need. So I thought, well, all I can do is try, right? So my first pattern was put out in 2005. I'm sure it was terrible, but it did make the outfit. (laughs) And later, you know, I refined it and I learned more about what it needs to be. Before it was just, you know, photocopy your own uh, eight and a half by 11. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after that, and then later in 2008, I bought the Fletcher Pattern Company. So now that was a real turning point for me because Gary Fletcher was a trained fashion designer. He went to a school to learn how to do that. That's not my background. I was a hotel and restaurant administrative grad, you know. <laughs> so much different. So he really had some great fits, some beautiful patterns, much fancier than any. Th- I mean, I was with the basics, you know, here's a pair of pants, here's a shirt, you know, those type of things. He had things that you put a little zipper in and it fit Mm. now there was something to that right and it took me a while to catch on to how to do what he did but over time it's kind of developed better you know Mm -hmm. and even some of my early designs probably could use a revision if you know what I mean (laughs) which is (laughs) which is something that I'm trying to do right now to try oh that's that's pretty cool yeah Yeah.
1: so did Gary teach you how to make
2: patterns no. Nope. I wish okay. <laughs> I would have moved I really would have moved in with him and just like learned everything he knew. No, but he when he when I bought his company, he and his partner at the time came to North Carolina and spent like a week with us. And it was really more about his operation and how it existed. He had a Yahoo group with quite a few subscribers. And he also had a website, which I didn't. I was only selling on eBay at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So that was just a different captive audience. Plus, he had mm-hmm. a great reputation at the Tonner shows. I mean, people knew his designs and he had the opportunity to be that person that provides the pattern for the shows. Mm-hmm. So I got to see how he was doing it. Mm-hmm. And plus, he had great packaging. I mean, it was all about upping the, from hand-drawn to you know, computer-aided design to a different package. To just the marketing aspect, and it was really, really insightful to see how someone else was doing it. I really didn't know, so yeah, he could move in. He was a really nice person, as was <laughs> david cool
0: so how did you how did you uh go from doing what you were doing to thinking i I want to buy his company
2: oh one of my favorite parts of the story and thank you so much for asking so when i was uh at that time so 2008 we won't reveal the exact age i was very young um, <laughs> We know that exactly <laughs> exactly uh, at that time i was doing a lot of shopping at the doll market in greensboro yes, north I carolina that. right oh, yeah, and that was a huge doll store i believe yes. when i read an article about them at the time they were one of like the fourth largest doll store in the world but anyway wow. It was. Yeah, we
0: wide. did. A, we did. A, <laughs> we did a thing with the big, beautiful dolls there. We did a showcase there, too.
2: Oh, really there you nice go. Place. So you know exactly where I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I, I had gone there several times. My mom was the big doll person, but I had gone there with her and we went and saw Robert Tonner there when he was signing dolls. And mm-hmm. um, they had a, a very large selection. So the doll market was a variety of stuff from porcelain inexpensive imports to one of a kind $5,000 artist doll. So it was a real diverse doll store. And I love the Tonner dolls. That was like my jam at the time. And a lot of it is still my jam. So um, I met the owner, Jackie, and just over time, after starting to buy more and more items from her, she and I became, you know, acquaintances or business friends. Mm-hmm. And she would If you you can appreciate this, Georgette, that giant doll store, she would announce over the loudspeaker, is Tamara Casey in the building? And I was like, (laughs) yeah. Right. So, what that meant was she was about to purchase a whole bunch of dolls and she had that background in wholesale and resale. And she shared those great buys with me. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> we were kindred spirits or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was nice. so great. So I went from, I think I told you guys in my bio that the first big order that I placed there was $350. And I was with my mom who lives near me. And I thought, oh, I just feel sick. My, if my husband <laughs> finds out I spent $350 on dolls, he's going to think I'm insane. Right? Right. Um, And I resold everything. I probably made 500% profit on what I bought. And it was like Kingsgate dolls at the time. Well, years later, um, when I was seeing Jackie and she was announcing my name, I would spend $18,000 in one trip. And I didn't mind. And my husband did not mind either. Because it was like, you know, learning over time what sells, what was selling at the time. It was just, it was Mm -hmm. so fun to get back to what you said. The reason that that was so pivotal is that Jackie said to me one day, I'm thinking about retiring. Would you like to buy my doll, my doll store? (laughs) Wow. Let's just review. Okay. I'm like 20 something with two small kids barely able to pay my mortgage, selling stuff on eBay. Right. I mean, you know, it wasn't like I was making a ton of money at the time. And she said, well, you know, the business is valued at over 800,000, but I'll sell it to you for just $450,000. I thought, that's hilarious. <laughs> Let me just go get my checkbook. I'll be right back. Um, yeah, that was never going to happen. pulling out the
1: credit cards.
2: Exactly, right. I was going to call you, Tammy, and see if you could like, float me alone, but um, yeah. hey, anytime. the reality, anytime. the reality was if she had never said it which was such an mm. I, it was mm. such a giant opportunity but nothing i could afford and plus i didn't really know her business i only knew the Tonner line really right um but someone saying something to you that seems outrageous makes you start thinking like no but there must be a step between here and there that mm-hmm. becomes the next step i never even thought to grow my business by purchasing another business So shortly thereafter is when Gary decided to get out of his doll part of his business and do Mm. like design for humans. And my mom saw it and she said, this guy's selling his business. You should contact him. He's doing something you're doing. And I was like, that's so weird. I didn't really know him until then. And um, it was like the perfect fit. And my husband, Joel was like, hello, let's do it. So yeah, that was the start. So if you think about that. 2008, I had maybe 50 to 60 designs. Gary, selling me his business and all the excellence he had put into it, mm-hmm. had about 70 designs. And that's not add those together, that's not even 150. Now I have over a thousand. So wow. it has really, it has really launched, you know, what I'm able to do at home and things like that. So yeah, it, wow. that's what that was the answer. <laughs>
0: that's so cool, though. That, that's so cool. But yeah, like you said, I think she, planted something in your head that made you think oh mm-hmm. and once oh. that was planted then you know you know the universe works in, in wonderful Mysterious ways you know wonderful
2: ways absolutely um, yeah
0: so you were already open to that now because somebody's already you know shown that to you
2: oh, wow yeah that's
0: so cool yeah
2: I, I know it. I'm very thankful for that even now it's one of the best steps in this business for me so
1: that's great yeah, yeah that's really it. cool
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: I didn't expect your story to be this complicated it's, and it's sorry no, no, not in a bad way. In, in, in a beautiful way. You know, I didn't. I mean, all these. But you know, that's what we're finding with the interviews in the doll world. You you walk in. We talked about this earlier, Gene Foot. We're going there because we need to capture Bill Lilly's history, and right. go from Bill Lilly to him being in the room where Barbie was first introduced, mm, and, unveiled. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just there's all these intricate you know, links in the doll world. Yeah. and you <laughs> That's just true. Don't, yeah, we don't know about them until we start interviewing people. It's like, oh, I didn't know that you knew him. Or, you know that person. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I
0: think it. I think it's true, too, sometimes I think when people are sharing their stories, sometimes I don't think they think about the links as much mm-hmm. until they start telling their story. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, even in the back of their head, they're like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't know that that like maybe, oh, that's how that linked together or yeah, now I could see how that linked together for me. You know, I, mm-hmm. like you said, you didn't know why she mentioned that to you, but now, you know, she mentioned that to you because down the road, it was something there for you. You know right. what I mean? But you wouldn't have thought about that if she never mentioned that, you know? So, yeah, I, I love yeah. it. I, lo- I love the journeys. And this is why we, we do this, this show, is this, you know, uh, talk to people like you to find out, you know, what your journey was like and, and all the little things that make you who you
2: are. Along that journey. So I love it. Yep. I, I I really enjoy it too. And your guests have been amazing. Thank you. And you would think, I know, especially since we haven't had an opportunity to be in face-to-face in a while at doll shows and things like that. And even with the changes in the market, they don't have Mm -hmm. the conventions, boy, I miss those. But, um, you know, to see people online, like, for example, Joseph, who we were speaking of earlier and the Glamour Mm -hmm. Oz dolls, I am so thankful to even know that he exists and he has these beautiful dolls, you Mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, you guys are helping us to not only um, regain an enthusiasm for what's happening, but as our, as individual contributors and artists, or however you want to term us. I mean, it's, it's exciting to know that people still find great happiness in their dolls and collecting and yes i mean otherwise without the internet we wouldn't know we'd just be in our little, little sewing rooms across the world and, uh, <laughs> our own things independently so this brings us back together which i think is fantastic so yeah. thank you for okay. that oh you're,
0: you. you're so welcome me yeah me and tammy love doing this and yeah. and it and, really and, and showcasing the people that um, You know, she can fangirl over like you and then <laughs> I, can, I can fangirl over, you know, and, and not even that. I think it's just a matter of being able to share your story, mm-hmm. let people know what you do, why you do what you do. I think that's the most important thing. What drives your passion? And I don't think they could get a glimpse of that just by seeing your clothes. I think they get a glimpse of that by feeling you as a person. And, and so that's what we'd love to make sure that we bring to to everybody. So, yeah, thank you for your beautiful outfit. <laughs> uh,
2: one thing I'm I'm sure you guys are aware of this, but that something that has brought a lot of enthusiasm and joy to me and to a lot of other collectors in the doll world in the last two years, especially during the pandemic, was my um, involvement with and Gained knowledge of the virtual doll convention. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys know Rachel or the work she's done with Robert um, Uh for bringing back some of his dolls, but what that woman did to bring back enthusiasm and my mom sewing as well for dolls felt the exact same way. All of a sudden, we got to touch the community again in a way Uh that didn't exist before. And I know this is going to sound a little bit silly, maybe. But sometimes it's lonely being in your sewing room, sewing without really having that connection yeah. to who's receiving your one item. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that pattern. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you do, and people do respond on Facebook and do social media and things like that. But to have like a encapsulated Facebook group where people are like, oh my gosh, I got your pattern this month and look what I made. And, <laughs> and they, just, they just keep like reposting. This is a different fabric. This is a different pattern. This is a different. And I'm watching them create, Things from what Mm -hmm. I made, Mm -hmm. and I had never been able to really appreciate or see that in the volume that I have in this last year. So you know, I think, well, now I know it fits because seventy-five people (laughs) sewed it, (laughs) so it's got to be good, right? Um, But it's also just seeing seeing how much joy they take in that, and I think it's Mm -hmm. I think it's really been it's been really fun for me. And I don't know about you guys, but being online. Sometimes you just see certain people's icon or their their avatar and you think, oh, I know them. I know Georgette. I'm going to. To call Tammy, I mean I know her, and you're like, I know you, I know you. But I mean, it's like you want to just, you just feel like you do know them, you know? Yeah, that's true. Something so common, and it's so, it's nicer than just selling things. It's like really truly having a relationship with people, and so when I have a chance to do that, it makes me feel really good because I'm really just this goofy woman that lives in North Carolina that like has this weird home business. So it makes me (laughs) feel like I'm part of it with people. Yeah. You know, I really yeah. appreciate that. So yeah, yeah,
0: we totally, <laughs> we totally get that same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. It's weird because even when I talk to people I'm like, oh, yeah, I do a job podcast. They're like, oh, you know, it's like, well, what,
1: <laughs>
0: what oh. does that mean?
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to check it out. It's going viral but right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: excited about bringing people on like you, Tamara. So thank excited. you.
2: Well, you know, one thing that I find really interesting too is the fact that it's fun, right? I mean, adults have a lot of responsibilities. We all know that, right? But I mean, one of our responsibilities is from to remember to have fun and life is, you know, full of other things that aren't that fun. Um, but to, <laughs> but to, yeah, to share your joy and to just do something creative, um, I think is awesome. I mean, I think it, I do a lot of other things for work other than this, which mm-hmm. I find to be fun and social and engaging and with personal interaction. But to come up with something, to see something and being inspired and think, how can I make that into a doll-sized thing? Or what is that? Mm-hmm. And it's not in a traditional nice. way, right? Because I wasn't I wasn't trained to sew by anyone that knows how to sew. I mean, I literally just make it up. It's like I'm reinventing the wheel in my own mind. But um I just I'm just so jazzed by it. I think it's really great. And when it turns out, I love it. When it doesn't not so much. But <laughs> just go back to the drawing board, right? So that's what you got to do. One thing that um has been really fun for me is uh with that with the collaboration with the Virtual Doll Convention is Rachel Hoffman had encouraged me to make a sewing video mm-hmm. and here's how much I wanted to do that not I did not want to <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean I remember saying to her specifically and I wasn't kidding can I just give you a pdf with like some really clear pictures because I was horrified at the idea of appearing on camera I mean I just it's not that I'm shy it's just that you know camera I don't know I don't know
0: yeah so anyway we know I mean, <laughs>
2: I just, I mean, you guys do know right? you look good on camera though. So it's totally different. But oh, okay. Yeah. I just leaned in and I thought, okay, I'll just do it. I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? Are they going to like, you know, kick me out? They might. So um, I did do the video. I didn't even know how to like edit it or anything. I just did the best that I could, right? It mm-hmm. did the best I could. The best part about it was that video streamed, I guess, as you say, live, meaning that people could comment on it as it was showing and I could be on seeing what they were saying. And they were so encouraging. Yes, it was, it was like all my fear just like melted away. Like if all your girlfriends got together and said, you got this girl, don't worry about it. This is fine. It looks great. You know, and even though it didn't look great, <laughs> yeah, girlfriends are. they were encouraging. So, from there, I also realized that people don't know everything we know, right? Mm-hmm. So I assume everyone knows how to sew. I assume it, I'm going to be redundant if I tell them how to do something. Um, but they were, They wasn't like that. They were like, thank you so much. I had no idea how to do that. And now I can do it. And it just opened my mind to seeing that people really do want to see how to sew. Simple things, complex things, you know, to, to produce what they're trying to create. And um, so that's when I started my YouTube channel. and. I mean, I look at some of those early videos and I literally mean just a few months ago, as in earlier. And I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I know we should I enjoy delete. your videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, it's a learning process too. But now I look at today versus 60 videos ago and I think it's better, right? People mm. are learning something. And even like I always say, if you read a book or you watch a video and you get one nugget, something that helps you personally, it was worth your time. And yes. so that's all I'm trying to do is just, Give people a chance to see it. They may not do it like me, but maybe it gave them the nugget of how not to do it. You know, I mean, you just don't know. But it that that has been super fun. And it made me get out of my own way and just try, right? And what yeah. are we gonna do? Right? We're all in high school again, with you know, giving the speech in front of the class, having a nervous <laughs> breakdown. But the truth is it's you know, it's okay. It's okay to be embarrassed and not be perfect. It's okay just to try. So ah, yes. here I am in the doll world, just trying, what can I say? <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> but I mean, that's what we're doing. And that's how, that's how the show has evolved and just almost daring, you know, it's like, well, what if we did this? Well, what if we did that? Well, what would happen if we did this or that one? Well, It'll worst case awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> worst case scenario we would be where we are today. Well, worst case, let's do it and we can yeah. continue from there. I have a question <laughs> for you. Okay. So, someone told me that they they thought that people who design doll clothes and do the patterns, you know, the people who do the accessories really are people who long to make their own doll. Do you find that to be true for
2: you? <laughs> I have two dolls. I told you, Jacob and Joshua. Those are my dolls that I made <laughs> from scratch. Um, no, uh, not for me personally. I, okay. I, don't, I don't have a desire to do that. I mm-hmm. think there's so many beautiful dolls on the market already. Um, I had no idea this is what I would be doing with my side hustle slash full-time career that I do now. I mean, uh-huh. this wasn't this wasn't even, I don't even know how this started. <laughs> it's like, how did this start? You know, um, it's just turned into something that was very successful. And I just leaned in and stayed with it, but it's not born out of wanting to create my own doll. Okay. No, Not, not, not necessarily. No. Okay. So, yeah. But I would say, um, unlike a lot of people. I live vicariously through my dolls in a different way than a lot of people. Um, I love to wear sweats. I'm totally a gym rat. And my dolls are glamorous and wear foo-foo clothes and are in (laughs) style. I mean, my dolls have more stylish clothes than I've ever had in my entire 50-plus years of life, you know? So to me, that's the beauty of it, that I can appreciate fashion without being a fashionista of my own. (laughs) So I think that's kind of fun. I think it's fun. Yeah. My mom said, okay. "Make sure you just put something nice on for the interview." I mean, like <laughs> the fact that she has to tell me that is not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know, what can I say? So that's awesome.
0: Tell yeah. so tell your mom we said thank you. Oh, exactly. I will.
2: I I absolutely will. I'll tell her.
0: <laughs> so I so I know you design outfits for your dolls and uh, yes. and one of a kind outfits. So so like when me and Tammy when we first started the show, we wanted to have certain people on. It was part of our list, right? What what list do you have? So do you have a list of people that you really just want to design clothes for for their dolls? Are there people Mm. out there that you have it that you'd like to do that for? And and, you know, hey, I mean, everybody has their list. I think
2: people that they
0: want to connect with or design for.
2: Well, I I would have to say um, based on the fact that you're building this great awareness of artists I've never. Uh, had an opportunity to know of before. And I said this before we started talking that I think Glamour Oz wants me to, you know, get one of their dolls for sure and (laughs) do some really beautiful outfits for them. I mean, the dolls themselves are inspiring. So um, I felt so motivated by the dolls that I saw there that I thought I could really create something beautiful when I'm going to buy one. So you guys will see patterns for the doll as long as Joseph doesn't mind going forward. Um, well, I'm sure
1: he would love it.
2: And I'm <laughs> I'm sure that
1: the community would because Glamour Oz dolls, I mean, if you if you look and you know the history, gorgeous. That's a, he's got 10 dolls in that line. And so it's even though it's one line of dolls, it's 10 small limited editions. True. And so I think part of the way that he was able to manage his costs was he had one outfit made for each doll. So it's not like you can go and buy Bindi mm-hmm. Miranda and Lucy Lay's outfit. There's one outfit per doll. right? So there is certainly a market there to... Of course. Yeah. People love yeah. to
2: play with their dolls. I mean, yes. they love to dress them. They love yes. to put them in dioramas. Mm-hmm. And and, yes. and as I said at the beginning, you know, that's why Marley Wentworth got that first pattern. Because she was mm-hmm. cute, she was on yes. the market, and she only had the schoolgirl outfit. Who wants <laughs> to wear a schoolgirl outfit all the time, right? <laughs> so I mean, and what true. I said for his doll, the one that I think is really beautiful, um, I said, you know, she has kind of a whimsical spirit and she's very glamorous looking, but I see her in some retro prints. It's the redhead with with a okay. very unique hairstyle. Mm-hmm. I love that doll. And she needs to have some groovy clothes. I mean, she needs to channel okay. some uh, 1970s okay. fashion. And I have some ideas for her. So when I okay, get her, nice. whether I win no. her or buy her, I'm going to think of something for her. Okay, for sure. so Joseph
0: I'll till, dolls. Okay. I'll Joseph yeah, yeah. So are there any other dolls? You have at least another one that you would well, like to design you know,
2: for? One of the challenges of creating patterns for dolls is there's Mm -hmm. far more dolls than there are hours in the day. So all the time people (laughs) are like, I mean, constantly, what what about this? How about Ruby Red Galleria? How about these different dolls? I mean, everyone has their favorite, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. every time you add a doll, the more I add, the less attention I can pay to each doll. And I already have 64 different lines so everyone that I add, like if they get one pattern, that's really not helping that that much. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can spend time, like obviously Tyler has a ton, Eloin those type of dolls. But mm-hmm. I have some of the uh, more expensive Kingdom doll, the Mod's mm-hmm. doll, those type of dolls. Beautiful, mm-hmm. but they only have five six patterns a piece. Mm-hmm. So. I have to be really careful about adding too many at a time mm-hmm. because I don't really service people. I mean, that sounded weird. Right. I don't really <laughs> serve people by just giving them an alternate dress. You know what I mean? They're yes. like, Oh, no, I want to sew an out a, a wardrobe for my doll." A wardrobe, yes. right? right. That, Versus that. like, I mean, especially if they're only buying one or two dolls and that's their main collection or mm-hmm. focus, they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, that was kind of a letdown. I only got one basics pack, <laughs> pants and a shirt. There's the pants. You know, so yeah, yeah." The fun part about do, doing the patterns, though, is even dolls that are um, kind of historical now, Sissy and Madame Alexander, things like that. Those are really popular patterns that I sell still. So wow. there's that older generation of collectors mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the offspring of those older generation that are playing with dolls that we would consider vintage now. Okay. But they are dressing them, too. So it, it, there's you could do it for everyone. I mean, <laughs>
1: nice, very nice.
2: Yeah. Yes, that's cool. Yeah, and, and
1: I think that with Joseph's dolls, I, like I said, I, I think that it would be great to have clothing made specifically for them. But we, I think we talked about this er, before we started the show. From a mathematical standpoint, Joseph designed those dolls so well that they can wear so many other dolls' clothing. And I think that that's part of the attraction for Glamour In my opinion, that makes those dolls special because you can do so much with them.
2: Right. And that's actually something that I've come across a lot. So some people will ask me, why do you have so many 16 inch dolls in your collection? So anywhere from Tonner all the way through that assortment of Sybarite and all these different dolls, Mm -hmm. which are similar. Mm -hmm. That's the key. They're just like humans. They're similar, but not the same. Mm -hmm. There's none that are exactly the same because Tyler and Jean can share some clothes, Mm -hmm. but the tighter the fit or the more uh, contoured the pattern, the less likely they can share. Cause that yeah, quarter of an inch, or, I mean, right. Yeah. Super yeah. skinny. So anything on the lower body, as long as it's a skirt, what they could share, but okay. pants they could never share. Okay. So I think the key with any line of dolls is to find which doll of another manufacturer is closest and then look at the fit. And if it has a zipper, you really, it needs to be almost exactly the same. You know what okay. I mean? Yes. That's why I have so many patterns. Like if you looked at them, visually you would say that looks like the exact same pattern. She just put a different name on it. And that's not really true. It might even just have a smallest amount of adjustment at the waist or the bust or whatever. And then it's a different pattern for a different doll, but not everyone collects every doll. So you want the pattern to be the best it can for the specific doll that they're buying for. Um, so that, that is good. That is yes. good that his dolls are sharing a lot of beautiful fashions mm-hmm. because the dolls, as you mentioned, have great clothes already. Yes, so, yeah. Yeah. yes. I, I have a
1: question for you about your future. What What do you see? <laughs> Look into the crystal
2: ball. I will. <laughs> All right, I'm what, looking in. I'm looking in. What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. I'm now that I've arrived at it's in the doll world. I I'm pretty much <laughs> I'm done. Okay. (laughs) I've arrived at my destination. Um, you know, I think that eventually as I age, say 20 years from now, I might not want to do this anymore. (laughs) I will convert all of my designs to PDFs and I'll sell them in perpetuity, which is going to be awesome. And then I'll just travel, travel the world with my husband because he loves to travel. That's like his jam. So, um, but right now I'm just enjoying it. I'm still having a lot of fun with it. I'm learning a lot about technology and social media and YouTube and mm-hmm. Pinterest. I mean it's almost like the time right now I'm looking back and thinking, why did I do things halfway i don't i mean I don't mean that in a bad way, but I started an Instagram account four years ago. I never posted anything to it ever. I actually did a YouTube video on sewing in two thousand and sixteen and posted it to the internet and never went back and looked at it until this year. I didn't even know I had a YouTube video out there. So, you know, it's like you move towards technology and you think, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe I'll try that. But now is really the time when that's what's holding us all together. So Mm -hmm. I want to learn more about that and be better at it. I want to be better about what I'm putting out into the world as far as the quality. And then I also want to improve everything, the camera Mm -hmm. angle, the fit, the pictures, the Mm -hmm ability to download and things like that, all of that. So I guess that's what I see myself doing uh, going forward. It's just, it's just hard when you have the quantity of stuff that I have out there to go back and fix it. It's hard, like to fix the listings, to say doll pattern in the first 30 characters. I mean, who knew I was supposed to do that, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm only moving as fast as I can move, right? So,
1: exactly. That's that's what's happening in the dull world. Yeah. yeah, that's right.
2: You're growing I'm like crazy. <laughs> and it's
1: me and Georgette, and Georgette and me, and then I. That's right. The two of you Georgette and the other and two. Of you. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> crazy. Exactly. Yeah, I really enjoy it though. It's actually it's it's good. I'm very blessed. I feel super thankful for what I have. And I know one of the questions I always am humored by not humored by but uh, that I always notice that you guys ask people. And you might be able to ask me if I just mm-hmm. like a chance to ask, let me not ask you, is the question of when you ask people if they're able to make a living. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. That, yeah. I know yes. that that's a... So, Tammy, you can ask that question. Ask okay. that so, question, Tammy. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: Tamara, you know, one of the questions that we commonly ask is, are you, you able to make a living with your art? And so I want to ask, you know, that of you so that you can tell us how that goes for you.
2: Okay. Well, I'm happy to say yes. I'm happy to Yay. say yes. Now, I don't know that that's always been the case, you know, because mm-hmm. I've had the business for a long time and i work worked outside of the house at the same time. Okay. Um, but really putting my energy and focus into what I do right now, I can clearly and honestly say I make a very nice living at what I do. But I would preface that to say that I, unlike a lot of guests that you have, have a passive income stream, whereas I create the product and then that pattern will sell in perpetuity. So that Mm -hmm. original Marley pattern from 2005 is Mm -hmm. still selling, I mean, although not gangbusters, but still (laughs) selling, you know, into 2021. And I don't have to redo the work, right? The PDF is formed. I run the file to print the pattern and it's ready. So the -hmm. fact that I have a thousand patterns available now is really great. And all of those are available in PDF. So one thing I did to set myself up for the yes was I converted my patterns from tabloid and legal to A4. That way okay. people in the international market were able to buy the PDFs as well, because with shipping and and the postal nightmare and all the things that are happening, you know, people don't want to pay $12.95 for a pattern and ship it for $14. That just yes. doesn't yes. really make sense. But yes. if they can buy it and download it and, and it works for them, that was a big decision. Uh, it took a long mm-hmm. time, you know, at the time I didn't have as many products, but it took a long time to do that conversion. And that has paid off in spades. I also went from one market of selling on eBay then to getting the Fletcher Pattern Company website through Gary and then selling on Etsy and then expanding to Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, So that also is like four revenue streams versus one. Mm
1: -hmm. And then I
2: also have have a pretty good product mix. So the patterns are passive. Like I said, when I retire and travel the world with Joel, I can always sell those PDFs, but I also sell doll wigs, doll shoes, um, the the fashions that I make occasionally Mm -hmm. participate in, uh, online virtual conventions with sales rooms. And so I don't generally like to sell to. sew. um, I don't like to make the same thing over and over, but when I'm, when I know I'm going to do it, when I'm doing it on purpose, um, those are really profitable to have the opportunity since there aren't in person conventions. So I think the Mm -hmm. combination of the digital products, the passive income, and the product mix has Mm -hmm. really been what has turned this into a, a hobby into a yes, honey, you could retire, but don't because you still got five more good years. Um, you know, right. So I'm so thankful and grateful to the people that buy products from me and that, that have supported me through the years, because like you, Tammy, some of those people knew me when I just had that one hand drop pattern and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember morally. I remember that pattern, you know, and it's yeah. just so fun that the same people are still involved in the business and the the art of collecting and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that you are making a living on that, and 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 thank you so much for sharing how you do that.
1: Because yeah, so I was going to say
0: it gives people yeah. opportunity to see, you know, how they can diversify. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What it is that they do, even though even if they do create a doll, there may be a possibility of creating something else that can give mm-hmm. give them some passive income. And so you breaking that down really, I think that was really. Uh, really wonderful thank you I appreciate you doing that thank you one
2: thing I would really really love to do um and I'm not ready to do it I need to do some research and things like that into it is is I would really like to figure out a way to share some information with people about how to do their own home business because yeah I
1: think that'd be brilliant that'd be
2: great I mean just because I want to give back because people don't um they don't realize that they can do it. They buy mm-hmm. a book that says how to start a home business and it's so confusing and complicated. As soon as it starts with, do you want to be a limited liability corporation? How about you just sew one thing and see if it sells? Like, let's yes. let's just break it down into the least common denominator mm-hmm. and see if you even like it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think- right. um, they, you don't need a whole business model to wade into the the shallow end of the pool and and there are some beautiful seamstresses i'm mean, anybody that's ever been on etsy more even than ebay because you see consistent you know mm-hmm. tailors yes. s- sewing their things um, knows that it's a profitable business. And I, if I could reach out there in computer land and say, stop selling your beautiful items for such a cheap price. I mean, <laughs> I see things that people put out there and I think I would pay twice for that. And you're not even giving me a chance to tell you because you're selling wow. it for 30 bucks. You know, wow. I mean, there's a lot of information um, that I think is, it should be free and easy to find for people Mm to have success in their home business. And it's not sewing scrunchies and masks, like all through the pandemic. I mean, there's (laughs) like, I mean, there's some other things. (laughs) Lots
1: of scrunchies and masks. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I mean, right. The 10 things you should sew during the pandemic. That
1: is funny. I should be sewing uh, sweatpants.
2: That's right. (laughs) I will buy those, by the way. Exactly. I'll buy a mask too. I'll buy a mask too.
0: But no, that's great. That's great uh, advice, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure... That that would be a great opportunity for you too to be in that space as well because you yeah,
2: be because fun. you have you. you
0: know you have done it and you yes you know you you bring all that knowledge to the table and I think especially people who are in the doll world and in the 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 artist world you know need to have a better understanding of how to to, to run a business and to look at the other options that they have within, even within that business and how it can be constructed differently. You know, so. Right.
2: And I think there's room for everyone to start out small, you know, you don't have to be great at it. You can Mm -hmm. even just try it and not decide to do it. But if you do it and see success in it, you might decide this is the side hustle that you're looking for. And Mm -hmm. it could become a full-time job, or Mm -hmm. it could just be a fun hobby that you know, make it, that make you make a some profit money. at, a little right. bit of extra money, right? Send your Right, kids to college. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, if you're sending yeah. your
2: kids to college, you've passed the side hustle phase and you've actually <laughs> arrived, just saying. So, yeah. So. That's cool.
1: no that, Very that, nice. Yeah, that, that's important because that is mm-hmm. something that we commonly see or hear about. And mm-hmm. when you're in this space with the creatives, this is... Someone shows you something. Oh, I made this, or I did this, and and it's some fantastic thing. And to them, it it doesn't have an economic value. It it makes them happy, or gave it a try to see if I could do it, but they don't see it as a possibility of a way of
2: making money. The thing about the the reason I think that. There's a need for individual creators of like sewing, for example, to okay. have someone to show them. I mean, it's not necessarily me. There's a lot of obviously a lot of ways. Is I will just give you a brief example. So I watch people sew beautiful things all the time. Right. But the thing that I've seen, OK, I there's the online marketplace has received a lot of negative, you know, um, flack, I guess, for a better word, where people will say, I don't sell on Etsy anymore. I don't sell eBay anymore. Right. So I have this philosophy about my business and I think it sustains me. And that is no one's coming to my yard sale to buy something from me for $80 for a doll. That is not going to happen. Right. I don't have that capacity to convince someone of a value when they're looking for a bargain. When you're in front of people online in all those different forums and you're able to reach the world through the computer, you're going to find someone that sees what you do and finds value in it. So to give you a very brief example, I was at a doll show one time and this lady came up to me and and it was a few years ago and she said, I'm the one. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) Okay, Neo. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Is it the blue pill or the red pill? She said, I'm the one, I'm the one that bought the medieval outfit from you. And I'm thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm the one who bought that medieval outfit. So she was, she did buy an outfit from me on eBay that sold for over $400, an outfit without a doll. And that freaked me out, right? I was like, who buys an note without a doll, right? So I was waiting for her to decline the bid, to retract it, to say she couldn't buy it, that she lost her mind, that it was her five-year-old that bid on it, whatever. And that would have, totally would have been fine with me because karmically, like I said in my bio, I don't believe I sell anything I can't take back. I can't do this and try to figure out if people are telling me the truth or not. I just trust that what they're telling me is the truth. So if someone said, look, I'm sorry, I drank a six pack and I bought that outfit for $400 and I can't afford it. I want your mortgage to be paid. You don't have to buy it. Right. Right. But the way she said it with such intensity, I'm the one. And I did remember. And the outfit was actually called enchanting. And it was one of the best outfits that I've made. I thought the pictures were great. but And then she said. I'm really glad that I bought it. And I thought she ended up buying my competition pieces too. So I thought that was fine. But the point of that story isn't that I sold an outfit for $400. It's if I believe that eBay or Etsy or a platform for selling is the evil one. And they're taking 20% of the fee is not worth it. I would have listed that same outfit on like Etsy for you know $75. And I made $400. Mm-hmm. So there is still a place in the auction marketplace to sell to a wide world of people, something that they want at a price that you could not command in your yard sale or in a, in in a fixed place market. So Mm -hmm. to me, I think people need to keep that in mind. And that's why they go, I'd rather sell something for $30, 10 times than one thing for 300. And I just think that there's, you really need Mm -hmm. to think about if your stuff's worth more than 30, maybe you should just try to get more for it and spend less time on making the other nine. So I think those are some things that people should consider. Now, something some people just like to do that kind of piecemeal work, one at a time, and and that's profitable too. But it's a different approach. So.
1: No, I, I I totally get that, and and that makes so much sense. I mean, that's the type of thing that helps us to set to set yeah. a price and to to put a true value on what it is that we do. Because I think that so many of us who are in the doll world mm-hmm. are playing and so i think that when we uh, we do a, a customized doll or we do a make a wig or a dress mm-hmm. or a pattern or whatever so so much joy went into doing that and it, it was so much fun that sometimes it's hard to say what should i be paid for this because i got paid for that in joy and and, and that's part of that's part of the the journey that we're on right now is how do we make money and monetized. what mm-hmm. yeah what do you charge who do you charge how do you how what does money look like when you
0: are hosting a show
1: yeah, well <laughs> what, what do we do? invaluable now, it's, it's,
2: invaluable
1: <laughs> georgia yeah but for me it's not just hosting the show no That's, i know i mean I it, other little
0: things well, that sprout out from that you know
1: no no it, but, it's 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 for me it's i come here and i spend 4 hours a week meeting incredible people they tell me they're amazing stories we laugh we make friends yeah, yeah we make cool. friends it's like let's write tamara's name down so when covid is over we can go hang out. i know right i'm coming <laughs> yeah. over i'm coming over <laughs> soon,
2: we're getting your ticket tammy
1: <laughs> i'm getting it Georgia, Georgia. Here we come. <laughs> come
2: but, but that's for me that's
1: so how do i and and people tell us thank you and you're doing these great things for the community. We we hear all that all the time. But part of it for me is I am so blessed to be in a space with someone who I love. I absolutely adore Georgette. And and it's to just I mean it, it's it's hard. So I think that yeah. you know, no, I understand that from the, the vantage point of a creative, I think that there's always yeah. that, you know, and especially for those of us who don't put out a lot of money to do the thing that we do so I think it's harder for some of us to decide what to charge for those things that we make so I think that it's it's important for people like you to come on and to tell us Mm -hmm. you know think about what you're doing and how you're doing it
2: well to speak to what you're saying I I think it's um it really does depend specifically what your output is I -hmm. think it's easier for artisans that have fixed product costs, you know, and then they try to do some kind of evaluation where they say on average, you should pay yourself a minimum of $20 per hour. And then this X thing costs $4 to make. Mm-hmm. And then you got to do the packaging and the shipping and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So the whole thing costs $17. So you should charge at least, you know, 40% mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that's the way people should value art mm-hmm. or, I mean, I don't consider what I do necessarily art. Cause I, I think I'm more of a, product person I'm delivering a product and then people mm-hmm. are making their own art out of it right mm-hmm. but when I produce an outfit I also don't think that's art that's it's not the same as making a doll in my mind right so I wouldn't say oh well it takes me sometimes uh, you know two hours to come up with a new design and 10 hours to get it converted into a pattern right mm-hmm. so it should cost x amount no I make a pattern and I sell it forever and I'm happy I love it when it takes less time to make it right but if <laughs> I was doing a doll I noticed with some of your guests, for example, the lady that I recently watched who did those really unique one of a kind dolls. she's making one or two, two to three a year, and she makes every single thing on the doll. Mm-hmm. Right. So if someone that would see her beautiful work mm-hmm. would appreciate that she makes every single right. thing, mm-hmm. the fabric, the yarn, the hair, mm-hmm. then sh- her doll should be of mm-hmm. immense value. Right. Yes. yes. But if someone just thinks, oh, I like the overall aesthetic of the doll and 500 people would buy it if she didn't make the hair and she bought the hair you know what i mean she's putting a lot of time and energy and care and effort into what she's producing Mm -hmm. and then as the artist you're thinking this took me countless hours you can't really put a price can't put
0: a price on that right
2: yeah so you know you have to decide do you want to be an artist that can command the money or do you want your art to be out there there's a lot of different avenues Mm -hmm. to do it right Mm -hmm. One of a kind dolls are absolutely beautiful, but you can only give those to one person. So if you can share your art with more people, would you not want some, would you not want to do the original piece like some of your other guests and then produce 300? Now 300 people get to appreciate your art. Is it less artistic because it's a production? I don't think so, you know, but again, there's a market for both. So yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and the person you're talking about is Valerie Gladstone. Yeah, and fantastic.
2: yeah, yes, yeah. and she knows how to make everything just like that. Other exactly, guy, right? I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> yes.
1: I, I love that attention to detail that she has, and,
2: Absolutely.
1: yeah, and and I certainly value mm-hmm. what she does, and and the understanding and and listening to her tell her story, and then how each of her dolls. Is a story. Tells a story. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I I I totally agree with that. And like you said, I also get Joseph, who's got three hundred of this one doll and three hundred of that one doll, or what? I, I I there is room for all of them oh. in the market. Yeah,
2: I agree. And I think what you're saying is true. Not all, not everyone is going to do it the same way, and not mm-hmm. everything can be valued, monetarily valued in the same way. So I think a question that people should ask themselves when they're deciding to start a creative adventure for money mm-hmm. is, is that the number one goal to create mm-hmm. for money? And if you do, you need to decide yep. where you can save money to make money. That's a yes. profit model, right? Yeah. If yes. you're doing that because you want to bring beauty to the world and your true joy is to create, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily that you need to sell it then i think that that model of i have another job but this is my passion hobby and joy that i can share is also sufficient but you need to go into it knowing what's mm-hmm. your goal are yes. you trying to make money or i mean can you you can do both they do cross over but there is a specific path for making money and a right. specific path for being a really detail oriented fantastic perfection artist i mean that's true yes. and then we have joy and all and you guys in the <laughs> middle are the ones that are helping us see that spectrum, and support the village that Tammy's talking about. Like knowing the awareness that there are people out there will drive people to both sides, right? And I think that's really cool. So thank you again.
1: and, and, And we appreciate you being here. Every show is different because everyone's journey is different. And so when I reached out to you, I was expecting to get this interview about making clothes and patterns. I was not <laughs> expecting to get so much about being an entrepreneur and an artist and how do we price our our the things that we make? And that's critical in this in this environment. What you're saying is is so important from the entrepreneurial standpoint and it's not just from the entrepreneurial standpoint of people in the doll world but just if you want to do a business
2: well it is a balancing act and you do have to find that balance and one thing I would say to anyone that's trying to do any type of business related to dolls, just anything right mm-hmm. is it's an evolution the process is an evolution. You don't just wake up say I'm gonna sell a bunch of clothes on Etsy today, start a store and da, it worked right? right I mean you you get an idea, you put it out there, you see how it works and one thing I always say I'm a personal trainer on the side, is you show up, you're perfect the way you are today. And all we can do is work with it and make it better, right? Like you you accept where you are, and then you make a plan to make it better. In doing that, though, you look at the plan as you go along and say, not working, switch gears, working, stay with the course, you know? And sometimes I think people just think I'm not in a business and today I am. It doesn't work like that. You say, I have an idea. I started the business. Maybe it turns into the best thing ever. Maybe it turns into something completely different, like what you're saying with the podcast. You know, Mm -hmm. you started it as a passion project and now it has an opportunity to be a more business, well, not more business focused, but something that Mm -hmm. results in a a successful business as well as a passion project. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be willing to evolve with it as you go forward. So I I just think it's sad if people try and just assume it's an easy fix, you know, like it's just going to work. And then if it doesn't instantly, they assume that's not it. Maybe they just have to wait for the next bell, right? That next idea. And, and that's how mm-hmm. it happens, you know, for all of us, right? You started with yes. dolls and now you're doing doll podcasts. And I mean, it's just, I just think it's, it's true. fantastic. Yeah, so. it's true. It's
0: true. You started liking dolls and then you start making clothes for them. Who would have thought that, right? I, s- I
2: started feeling bad that Robert just had that poor little twelve-inch <laughs> doll with only right. one outfit and, uh, <laughs> This has been such an amazing
1: interview. I, I, in some ways, don't want to wrap it up, but we, <laughs> we'll, we, we will certainly have to come back and talk to you again. We'll find we we'll, some reason we, we That's will interview it. you again. That's it. We'll this do this it. has been just amazing. Yeah. So, we would like to ask you to let us know how people can reach you if they want to buy your patterns or, you know, mm-hmm. how how do they reach out to
2: you? Okay. Well, I invite them too. Thank you. Um, they can reach me for pattern purchases and accessories on my website at FletcherPatternCompany.com. If they want to chat and visit, they can find me on Facebook under Designs by Jude or Tamara Casey. Um, if they want to watch some sewing tips and watch me uh, be embarrassed on the camera as I sew my excellent fashions, they can go to my Designs by Jude YouTube channel. And, and if they want to call, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 867. <laughs> Call me at Georgette's house. I'm gonna go visit her and Tammy meeting there. So.
1: yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, this has been so much fun. I mean it really has been. Yeah, yeah. it has been a great interview. And yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to our, our, our next one.
0: Yeah. Me too. No. Well, thank you so much, Tamara, for being with us on in the Doll world. It has been, as Tammy said, an amazing show. It has been such a joy getting to know you, yes. um, you know, beyond your beautiful designs, just getting to know you and and all the things that you bring to the table to be able to share with this amazing audience that we have. So I'm sure they're going to just really enjoy what you're, you know, enjoy your journey just as much as we have been enjoying sharing it with us. So thank you so much. Thank you so
2: much. Thank you both. It's been super fun. I wish it would go on all day.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. Very cool. Okay. Well, thanks. We'll talk to you you soon. soon. Bye bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye, 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 guys.
0: Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to In the Doll World. Me and Tammy really hope that you enjoyed the show. Please don't forget to share our podcast with other doll enthusiasts such as yourself. And if you would like to leave a message of how you enjoyed the show or you want to suggest any guests that we should interview, as well as share information about what's happening in the doll community in your area, please know that you can reach out to us at georgette.inthedollworld at gmail.com and or tammy.inthedollworld at gmail.com. Also, if you want to see some of the photos we will be posting of our guests as well as the dolls that they talk about on the show, please visit www.inthedollworld.com. And until next week, add a little play into your life by collecting a doll, sharing a doll, or giving a doll a home. Until next week, thank you again for listening to In The Doll World.